The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. And good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you'll find two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. Uh, you can catch that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, Eastern at which time he'll be live in that area right there. And he'll be on for two hours today. This is Saturday, so he's on for two hours. And then on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on that, uh, push the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there. Good to see you guys this morning. And uh, we are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Please subscribe to the channel. And then also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there, we're streaming as well. Right up under where we're streaming live, you can sign up for our email newsletter. It goes out once a day between 7 and 8. Be sure to get that. That also includes the morning show archive. And then if you would like to keep us out there, you agree with our message, and um, you want to support us, uh, you're welcome to do so. There's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty, and we do appreciate your support very much. Now. I'm going to tell you, if you haven't had the chance to see the past two days interviews with Kathy O'Brien, ah, they're invaluable, they're fascinating and shocking, and I, just, wow, it'll open your eyes to how you're seeing things happen that you go, what in the world is going on here? Um, I, I think that, that Kathy get, brings some insight, having been in the MK Ultra program, that uh, few people can bring. And so if you haven't seen those, go to Sons of Liberty, or excuse me, Rumble and go to our channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live and watch the last two mornings that I've done with Kathy O'Brien on um, uh, the mind control. It's it's absolutely fascinating. It really is. Uh, today, I want I want to play one short little video. This is um, Dr. Chris Martinson, and I want you to hear what he has to say. Uh, a warning, a warning that our own Kate Shimerani has given many times. Uh, for those who engaged in giving these 
experimental COVID shots. Take a listen. Private knowledge, I can talk to a lot of people now who have concerns, who think that their aunt got really damaged by it, who knows somebody who died, they think, from it. There's a lot of that going on. But we're not at common knowledge yet, but we're close. And so wow. common knowledge will be when we can, when everybody knows that you can just talk about this. You could get on a bus full of strangers and talk about it full voice and other heads will, you know, not look at you and glare. They might nod along, right? That we're getting to common knowledge. And when we get to common knowledge, things can change very, very quickly. And when it does, we're going to be looking at things like, why were we giving these particular shots to kids? There's certain lines that you cross once you cross them, no backsies, right? The people who are the health authorities in this country, I'm talking at the CDC, the FDA, at the pharma companies, doctors, complicit people in this line, who still advocated both giving these shots to pregnant women and to children, are beyond negligent in most cases. Negligence is just I forgot to read up or I didn't notice that the package insert had no safety data whatsoever or I didn't even go and look at the safety data ever. That's regular negligence. But there are people, Greg, whose job it was to know that safety data and they hit it and they did everything they could to prevent people from studying it effectively. They failed to collect the data so that we could assemble it properly, on and on and on. So those people, when we get to common knowledge, I believe should be facing massive consequences and penalties. Well, let's hope that is the case. Let's hope that's the case. Um, I tend to agree. The more that we come out and people start realizing what's going on, even, you know, we played videos of even people who were uh, mocking people who didn't take the shot. Um, we, we've seen they've died. We've seen some of them come forward and be repentant, apologize to people that they had mocked uh, because they found out the hard way through vaccine injury. Actually, it isn't a vaccine. It's it's not even therapy. I don't even want to call it gene therapy. This this is Frankenscience is what it is. And uh, so, yeah, these people are going to give an account one day, uh, whether they give it in this life or not, they will give it in the next to the judge of all men. Uh, the Lord Jesus himself. And so they're going to give an account one way or the other. The, I would just assume we bring it to them now. I would just assume we bring it to them now. Today, we're going to be talking about, um, and I got this paper sent to me uh, from Kate. This is coming out of the UK, and we're going to be talking about this in a minute uh, as we wait on her to come on. But it's called the Genetic Technology or Precision Breeding Act of 2023. And here's how it starts. An act to make provision about the release and marketing of and risk assessments relating to precision bred plants and animals and the marketing of food and feed produced from such plants and animals and for connected purposes. If you don't understand what all that means, let me just break it down to you real quick. They're going to genetically modify plants and animals, which they've been doing, but they're going to do it, it looks like, full force. Anything that's produced, anything that's grown, anything that's a part of a flock um, is going to get this genetic modification. And um, like I said, I don't, I don't know. Kate, are you over there somewhere? I don't know if she's listening or not. She's in on the Zoom, um, but I don't have her on here just yet. So with that said, I'm going to wait and let her bring all this up. This is something she wants to 
to bring to the attention of the people. And yes, this is in England, but don't think for a minute that people aren't trying to do that here. See, this is the whole thing. This is how the connection happens is whatever's going on in England will eventually make its way to Canada, which will eventually make its way to the U.S. or vice versa. Uh, usually it works around that way. Um, so keep that in mind. Now, while, while we wait on Kate to come on, I want to bring this, this up to you because we've made mention of this before, and you know how I feel about Washington. Uh, but just for those people who listen to the show and they keep looking to, you know, whether they, whether they actually say it or not, they keep looking to the White House or they look to D.C. to solve the problems that we're facing. For those people who are still in that mindset, let me let me let you in on something. And and I got this, and I made mention of it in this article here from the past two days with Kathy O'Brien. The mind control that's there. And I believe there's mind control on a massive scale, even among some some good and decent people in the United States, there's some mind control going on because when you talk about men of character, putting men of character in office and, and things of this nature, and you point out you know, somebody asked the other day, well, which would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy who slept with a stripper or would you rather have a guy who uh, showers with his young daughter? <laughs> well, wouldn't the question, wouldn't the obvious answer be, well, I wouldn't want either one of those guys. But unless, unless there had been true repentance and it was demonstrated that way. Um, but overall, no, that, that's what goes on. So here was, here was something I put together for you guys. You guys are asking, sometimes when we point these things out, you ask the question, well, who do you vote for? Who is it that you vote for? So let me just show you this. This is at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You guys can pick it up on the radio. You can pick it up in the video audience as well. As the Mockingbird Media controls voters with a few Dems and Republicans for the White House, right now, as of this moment, March the 25th, 2023, there are more than 600 individuals who are in the race for the White House, and you haven't heard anything about the 99.9% .9 of these. A couple of them, you probably have heard the name, but I give you the list and any party affiliation, and they're listed alphabetically. So if you're interested in actually vetting individuals, seeing if they're men of character, uh, see if they govern their own homes, if they are active in their communities, all these kinds of things. Well, here's a list you can start down. Oh, well, Tim, none of those have a chance. They don't have a chance because you think they don't have a chance. Stop and think about it just a second. Joe Biden really didn't have any chance, did he? And he, I don't think he won. I, I literally don't think, but he's in the White House, isn't he? Many people didn't think Donald Trump had a chance, but he got in the White House. It depends on who's going to get behind him. And the question is, are you going to fall for the mind control that the two parties and the Mockingbird media are giving you in presenting you with the two dog bowls of Republican and Democrat? Or are you going to be looking at somebody else or simply say, I'm not going to get behind any of these tyrants who are going to reign over me and, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to reign over you, and they're going to reign over your neighbors. What, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? All right. Kate's joined us now. I think we had a little glitch there in, in bringing her on. And so uh, we're going to be talking about this uh, 
this Precision Breeding Act deal, and uh, that's this sounds really interesting. And uh, for whatever reason, my music isn't coming on. So, Kate, good morning. Good to see you. <laughs> morning. And you know what? I had one of those horrible moments where I suddenly thought, the clocks haven't changed yet, so it's got to be the same as last week. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had that moment, and then I was upstairs, like, getting the shower, and the daughter's rattling the back door to get in. Um, so I, I was rushing round. Ah, anyway, um, yeah, that, that's come off. Before we get started, Tim, it's interesting um, what you're saying about government. Everybody knows I'm back on Twitter. And um, before we go any, any further, um, I posted a... A meme. It wasn't mine. I just shared it. And it was pink, very pale pink and very pale blue stripes. I was brought up that pale pink is for a girl. I was brought up that pale blue is for a boy. That's how we used to dress our kids. Yep. I don't care whether people think, oh, you shouldn't do that. I really don't care. And what's more, nobody, not the LGBTQ brigade, or I don't even, I've lost in it all. Um, I don't care what you're identifying as. You don't own the electromagnetic color spectrum. The Lord gave us light. It's as simple as that. You don't have shares. You don't have the ownership. Um, your colors that you're identifying with, they're not yours. Natural light is white. When you split it up through a prism, we get all those colors. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And shades of that are what man does. So I said, why don't we have a heterosexual day? Because it's a really funny meme. I don't know if you've seen it, Tim. Would you like me to send it to you? Yes, please. It's a very, very funny meme. And it's got a very old sort of 1950s, 60s couple on it on a wedding day. It's just a beautiful old picture. If you go onto your Telegram, <laughs> I've sent you a tweet that somebody, I've had the whole community after me. Oh, they, <laughs> so I didn't say anything horrible. I just said, yeah, let's have a heterosexual day. Cause it said, you know, a man and a woman, and that's how you get a baby. Well, one of the answers was you get, an, <laughs> you get the entire year to have your day. We get one day. Really? It, yeah, it's and then, weird. And then Somebody sent a response and I photographed it and reposted it. And I've sent it to you on your Telegram channel if you'd like to put it up. <laughs> I'm sure the boat rockers in the house are going to love that one. So this woman, she's got a woman's name. Um, uh, she drew all over that picture. It was disgusting what she drew. Um, and... In response, you know, they were saying to me, why was I coming out against trans women? And I said, I'm a woman. And why was I not for trans men? I went, because I'm a woman. So this lady's telling me that I should be embarrassed because I'm straight. No, I'm not straight either. I'm heterosexual. I'm a biological woman and I like a biological heterosexual man. And um, I find it incredulous that they they attacked me. And said that I'm a bigot. I'm not a bigot. They can be whatever they want to. Um, I was brought up where we had men dressed in drag. Well, let, let's let's stop right there. They can't. Well, I just clicked the wrong button. They can't be whatever they want to be. They can't be a dog. <laughs> they can't be a cat. If they're a man, they can't be a woman. If they're a woman, they can't be a man. I mean, we they can they can claim that all they want to. They can be deceived and deluded all they want to, as Romans one. It teaches us Second Thessalonians two teaches us they can they can engage in all that and all they're doing is building up judgment for themselves 
for which we warn them, repent, because if you don't, you're going to face the wrath of God. In fact, the wrath of God abides on you now. These are probably the same people who quote John 3, 16, God to love the world. and They want to get goosebumps and, you know, feel good and all this other. But the reality is, is if they go on, Jesus said he didn't come into the world to condemn because the world's already condemned. He came in to save. And so those who are saved are those who are who believe and are repentant. Exactly. And so what they're, you know, we're told is that we're bigots. And I'm just sending you this picture right now. We're told that we are bigots. But I wasn't being hateful. I just said, let's have a hetero day. And they came out and attacked and started saying to me, you don't know what it feels like to have everybody against you. And so I then said, well, actually, I do. <laughs> you know, I can go back to 2020 when I was annihilated everywhere in the February because I did the radio show. Um, so that's the picture I just sent you that has been so attacked. Now, I don't know. Do, do you see anything wrong in that? Uh, except for the pride, I, I, you know, God opposes the proud, but he hates or he, he gives grace to the humble. But otherwise, yeah, it it's natural. It worked. Yeah, no, I get it. It's natural. It worked for thousands of years and you can make babies. You're exactly right. This is this is the created order. And the reason that they're facing opposition is because they're out of the created order. They're acting queer. That's why they used to be that uh, called that they're queer. That's abnormal. You're not you're, you're not living a normal life. You're you're queer. You're you're. You're in the men's case, they're engaged in sodomy. The women are engaged in lesbianism and the Bible, the creator himself condemns it and nature condemns it. Everybody can see that, that they don't belong together. Yeah. So they they're saying that we're full of hate, but the hatred that I got and then, you know, what they're what they're saying about heterosexual couples. And um, I it is quite it is quite profound. Um and then I, I watched a video of a child. I think this, this is a young boy. He's quite well known. And he's dressed in UPVC address, like a Sado, uh, one of these dominatrix outfits, um, and a pair of black stiletto boots, patent, that they wear in dominatrix uh, videos. And uh, if you want to wear that kind of gear in your own bedroom, that's up to you. I don't care. And if you're offended by me calling it dominatrix, I don't care either. Um, so this young boy was at an event with lots of people filming it, doing all this sexy dancing. And apparently it's a boy, a trans boy, and he's quite well known. Not long ago, these people would have been arrested. They would have been arrested right. for, uh, you know, all kinds of offences. I've got cat hairs against a man. <laughs> Yes. Um, we, we know that um, children are very impressionable. That's why we have ratings on movies, ratings on books. And that's why when I was brought up, we had men that dressed as women. Dick Henry was one of them. Um, uh, Lily Savage, all of these things. If they had adult kind of content and innuendos and jokes, innuendos and jokes, they were after the watershed. They would be after a particular time at night when children in most households would be fast asleep and it was then given to the parents' responsibility to um, limit what their children could see and hear. And most respectable parents would do that. Now, if if health visitors uh, go, and health visitors, nurses, I've, I've done some child protection courses and I've also done a course with the Open University. You are trained 
to spot by looking and listening to a family unit or a child, um, you are trained to notice or hear, you know, or see it behavior that is not usual behavior for a child of that age. And when you identify that, you know that that child has been exposed to adult content. And that would be flagged immediately and that child would be deemed at risk. That's all gone out the window. It's all gone out the window. And I'll say it again, and I'm going to keep on saying it. If we go through history, I left you a voice message yesterday about Nostradamus. Yes, yeah. That was some fascinating stuff for the history of what was going on at that time. Yeah, this is 1600. He was born in the early 1600s. It's no different now. He was in university. They had a, in, at the International Baccalaureate. My daughters were doing it instead of A-levels. Um, that's why we moved them to other schools to do the A-levels. Um, you couldn't be in those universities. If you'd done manual labor, they would then kick you out. They found out because, of course, it was a high class thing. This was then found, he was kicked out of university. He was a medic of his time before all of your Rockefeller petroleum came in. They had plagues. They had pandemics and they closed the universities at those times. Do you see? They had the Reformation, but it wasn't called that where everyone had to switch to Christianity. And they didn't want to because they they practiced Judaism. I probably said that wrong. So they eventually changed to Catholicism, but still practiced their uh, uh, Jewish faith in private. Do you see? This is all the same thing now. It's just different times. But we have seen all through history in times of austerity, eugenics and euthanasia is practiced. And in times of eugenics, austerity is put in. It's like a clock and it's all goes round. What came first, the chicken or the egg? They do not change the script. And it takes me right back to Job, where we are tested. We are tested as Job is. Would you agree with that, Tim? Yeah, this is yeah, and this is yeah, and this is part of what I was talking about when I talk about a beast system. Uh, again, I go back to Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan wrote this. And he wrote about this beast comes up from time to time and it has the heads that you read in, in the book of Revelation. It's got all of that and it's there to test men and it's to see whether or not they're going to be faithful to the Lord or they're going to submit to uh, the, the whims of men. Exactly right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so what we see is, is in the Great Depression in America, there was lots of food. They destroyed the crops and they slaughtered the livestock. And they gave them a piece of bread in the queues. Um, we see, you know, in Delhi, which Gokhrun Singh has gone over, over 3,000 died in hand-to-hand combat, the farmers there. The fact that they're uh, shutting down over 3,000 farms in Holland, 70% of their produce is exported. Uh, we see our farmers in the UK were offered £10,000 to sh- shut their farms. Um, the agronomists who are going out, we've talked about this, um, they're checking that the... There is enough pesticide, herbicide, fungicide in the plant in order to give them the red tractor to get their bastardized uh, uh, goods to market. And what's very, very interesting is, is this. When we talk about hybridized wheat and make no bones about this, that that was passed in Parliament and you've got Prince Charles, he's not a king. 
I've got one king. We haven't had a coronation. He owned a company. They owned a company called Duchy, D-U-C-H-Y. That's sold. That's all organic stuff. You never see those gangsters eating in public. They're not going to eat what they give to us. But what you're seeing is avian flu now. Somebody's died of avian flu. And you don't need uh, Donald Rumsfeld's Tammy flu anymore that caused narcolepsy and Lord knows what else. Um, You don't need any of that anymore because, no, they're coming up with a vaccine for it and all the useful idiots will line up for it. And um, but but what they're doing is this hybridized food, this hybridized everything. When you eat GMO, you become genetically modified. When an insect lands on genetically modified crops, the way it kills it is it gets holes in its its abdomen, its gut. That's what happens when we eat it. Now, I've been trying to find it and I've actually got a DVD. So I'm going to go back and watch that big, long three hour DVD and I'll take notes and I'll bring it back to the show. I've had this DVD for what, 13 years. Um, I've got to dig out my daughter's telly that's got a DVD in this side of it that I get, you know, a DVD player. But it was a gentleman and I believe and I, and I, I, I think I'm correct here. He was from Eastern Europe and he was a scientist and he was developing GMO. And what he stated was that second generation of GMO in the mice, they use mice because they have a lifespan from infancy to adolescent to adulthood, which mirrors ours. Um, so that's why they use the lifespan of, of a of a mouse. And he said second generation of these uh mice or rats that they used they had so many deformities they had fur all on the inside of their mouths they had deformities of the jaw and that was 40 percent of them were sterile as well third generation 100 percent sterility and i remember that as clear as anything 40 percent sterility in the second generation third generation 100 percent sterility and the offspring were born with so many deformities and died. And of course, what do you think happened to him? He got threatened, he got sacked, death threats really hammered this guy. I will get all that information for everybody. Um, there's a, it's a whole DVD about Monsanto, about everything. And this whole interview was on there. And it was when I got cancer, I began to look at why did I have cancer? And I found some of the answers in those DVDs and about sugar, about everything was in there. So going back to hybridized wheat, And this is really important. Hybridized wheat came in, I believe it was in 1969. It was an agronomist from America and he was given the Nobel Peace Prize. Of course he was. Um, And he developed this this wheat, which only stood at two foot tall because wheat would be bigger than me. But they didn't want it to fall over because it was so heavy, the yield. And then you would have the mice eat it and it would get mold, etc. So this hybridized wheat came in. And oh, I've got it right in front of me. My, I've got journals that I take notes in all the time and, and I just keep stacking them up. And it was um, 1969 Nobel Peace Prize winner, um, Dr. Norman Laug, uh, Borlaug, Dr. Norman Borlaug. And by 1970, it went worldwide. And by the 1990s, hybridized wheat is in all our food and we're talking about amylopectin A, the highest sugar. Amylopectin B is your bananas and your potatoes. Amylopectin C is all your legumes, your pulses. So do you see how high sugar that is? And what is everyone eating? They're eating all of this 
amylopectin A. And I can tell you right now, I made bread, one of my yummy loaves of bread. I don't eat it very often for my daughter who's home from uni. And I also, she likes these these cogs they're called, they're from spelt and they're organic. Well, I chowed down about three or four of those with some grass-fed butter. Then I chowed down some of my bread that had dried, dried, this is important, dried apricots. It had dried berries mixed in it. That was all I, I had yesterday with our usual stuff. I got on the scales this morning. Now those two slices of toast and those four cogs, couldn't have weighed more than a few grams. But let me tell you, I got on the scales this morning and I was about three pounds heavier than what I am every morning. Um, And I don't do that because I'm obsessed with weight. I'm not. I do it because I'm obsessed with how food affects the body. And this is the, this is the, the, the little nugget of info here. Many, many, many years ago, many, many, many years ago, we would not have had access to fruit all year round, or bananas all year round, or berries, strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, cranberries. We wouldn't have had access to any of that. Most of our fruit would have been consumed in a three-month block. That would be it, just a three-month block. And it would have been all the berries, our apples, our pears, things that grew in where I am, where I live, and different different fruits where, where you live. So if you live in a tropical place, you're going to get tropical fruits. Uh, We would get apricots, plums and all the berries in the autumn harvest. If you live in a tropical place, you're going to get guavas, you're going to get pineapples, you're going to get bananas. We wouldn't get that, but they might not get what we get. So what happens is you would eat that food for that three months. And this fantastic body that we created in the Lord's image would do something very different. Because the seasons are beginning to change and it's beginning to get cooler and the the days are getting shorter. Our bodies stop secreting as much insulin to use that up. So what would happen is we'd get a raise in sugar in our blood. So our bodies would then store that as fat. We'd have a raise in uric acid, but we'd also start to get nitric oxide inhibited. Our blood pressure would go up naturally. Blood sugar would go up naturally. These things were natural and we would begin to lay down fat. Why? So that we get through the winter months. That's why. And it is incredible when you look at those that harvested the sugar in the fields and they would eat the whole thing. They would start to get fat on their thighs and their buttocks. But then when the harvest had finished and they would go back, they would go very lean again. The women that worked with the when they were harvesting the sugar. It's so fantastic. But what we've done is we bought all this food in and it's all over the supermarket shelves and we chow it down all year long. So our bodies never get that period of fasting, which is very normal. We never get that period where we start to use up our fat. And what do we see? Everyone getting fatter and fatter, and fatter, and diabetes going through the roof, colitis, Crohn's, arthritis. And um, I've prayed nearly every day, Lord, guide me to those foods which nourish my body and repulse me from those that will harm me. And I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I only have one person to answer to. And um, you know, I remember going, I think it was about a week and a half ago, I love these particular nuts that they sell in the supermarket. And they've got cranberries and raisins and raspberries and all these berries in with them. 
But the berries are really succulent. So they've got a little bit of oil added to them. What does oil do? Oil pushes oxygen away from your cells if it's bad oils. And guess what the half-life is of those bad oils that are in your body? Two years. Two years. Wow. You are going to be suffering the effects of those oils for two years. So if you keep on doing it, you are, you've got a fire going on in your body and your joints, which is why I started to get painful joints again, because we're now in 2023. And in 2020, I started eating some things I shouldn't. And my body's now telling me about it. And I'm having to now go back to what I do. And when I eat a little bit of something, I feel the effects of it. So like this morning, from just eating the grains, which I can't eat very much of, my feet hurt, my tarsals when I got out of bed, and my knees were really stiff. But when I eat what I should eat, that goes away. Now, what happens when you eat um, sugars? If you eat wheat, incidentally, you go and eat the wheat, the hybridized wheat, which is what they've already bought in in 1969. That's going to have a shell, a half life of three months. Three months, you're going to get the effects of what you eat today. So you go to your supermarket and you, or you go around a, you know, one of your restaurants and you have, I don't know, a bruschetta with all your stuff on it. You think, oh, it's got salad on it. It's yummy. Uh, they've cooked stuff in oil. Maybe they've cooked it in corn oil or they've cooked it in rapeseed oil. Yep. That's all your yellow flowers that they grow in the fields. And then they do that process where they extract the oils, which is terrible. So you're having what you think is a healthy meal and you're setting off. So you've got the wheat there. That's going to affect your body for three months because it's going to make holes in your gut. Because why? It's GMO. Then you've got the oil in there. What's that going to do? It's going to give you a two-year thing. You've got that fire going on. You're going to have to start mitigating that. I mean, probably the, the safest thing on there is sugar. And even that, you know, one molecule of sugar is going to burn up 56 molecules of your magnesium, which is going to make everything tight yep. and hard. This is a war on your body and your mind, because what you eat is going to affect your brain. I have a meeting in London tomorrow with Dr. Ali Jazz because we are trying to work. And I'm so delighted that Dr. Tess Laurie has approached me. Actually, I spoke to Carrie Midday yesterday and Casper McLeod, and we are having a big meetup in June after the Better Way Conference in London. We'll be going to the convent at Tyburn, and I'm Dr. Carrie Midday's tour guide. We're going to do a couple of museums in London and film it all, Tim. Oh, cool. So, yeah, you should come. I insist. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let, me, let me let me interject something. You know, there was uh, you were talking about writing down the journal, the things you eat and stuff like this and the things you learn as well. And I'm reminded of a reading about uh, the famous preacher, Jonathan Edwards from the Second Great Awakening and how he would do the same thing. He would write down what he had ate, how it affected him, how it affected his thinking, his ability to process information, stuff like this. And then he would stay away from certain things that I guess, for lack of a better term, didn't agree with him and, you know, continue on in the others. We got a question here and there's something that just kind of struck me when you said, you know, we're bringing in things from all over. If you yeah. have, if you have, if you live in a tropical area, you need to eat all those fruits, right? Because right. it's warm all the time. So you need, you're staying lean. It's interesting to me how certain things will grow in certain areas and not in certain areas and how, you know, we talk about the Lord fearfully and wonderfully making us, but he's done that in the creation too. He is 
place things in the, where they grow in certain areas to take care of people in those areas. And he's placed certain things in other areas to take care of them. And what we've done is we've said, no, we'll just bring it all together uh, and, and do it that way. We got a question here. This is from uh, Carol Ann. She says she eats probiotic apricots prunes. Can you ask Kate if they're too sugary? Probiotic. Does she mean organic? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to let her respond to that. Carol Ann, do you want to send it? Do you mean organic or not? I'm assuming she does. But uh, anyway, go ahead and, and we'll let her chime in and I'll, I'll give you the answer here in a second. Or well, you can give it for both. Yeah. First of all, if you know, you have to look at those things. Once you've got dried fruit in your hand, that's a big amount and it's dried so as soon as you eat it, you're going to have a big spike in blood sugar. And she says this is organic. Yep. You're going to have a big spike in blood sugar. So your pancreas is going to be secreting lots of insulin to get that sugar into your cell. Now, let's say that you do that regularly. You get a spike of insulin and sugar, and then you have a big drop. And you're eating regularly. You're snacking on it. That's going to be up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Eventually, your pancreas is going to go, whoa, stop. I've had enough. Your stomach's also going to go, block the hatch. You know, you've got stuff coming in. We've got the hatch opening at the bottom into the duodenum. We can't open that because you've got more stuff coming here and we're going to get food going down there that's not um, digested enough. So that keeps shutting, that keeps opening, that keeps shutting, that keeps opening. And then you get food in the stomach, that fruit that's been in there far too long and it's starting to ferment. Do you see how this all works? You shouldn't be eating. If you had an apricot in its natural state, would you eat four or five? No, you might eat one. You might chop that apricot up and you might have it with some um, porridge organic oats that's been soaked. You might do that. You might have it with some eggs. Um, I know for me, I know now that if I eat eggs and I would never eat an egg that wasn't organic, I'm okay. If I eat goat's cheese, I'm fairly okay if I don't eat very often. I can even have a bit of feta cheese, which I wouldn't eat very often. I'm okay. Um, butter, I get pimples on my head. So I've got to look at why. So that's, um, you know, your body will tell you. This skin on your body is the perfect window. It will tell you. So I would say to you, why are you eating all those dried fruits? You should be having, when you wake up in the morning, you've been doing a natural fast while you were asleep. You've been doing a natural fast. It's normal once you get going, you should feel hungry. Now, that's why it's the best time for you to wake up, get your skipping rope next to your bed and your sneakers next to your bed. Get outside on the garden, 15 minutes, skip and stop, skip and stop. Get a, get a, a rebounder. Doesn't matter if you have to stop for a whole minute because you can't get your breath because you've done five skips. That doesn't matter. You keep doing that process for 15 minutes. But before you do it, big glass of water, two crystals of Celtic salt. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to start converting your fat. You're going to use up what's in your muscles first and your liver. Then you're going to start turning your fat back into sugar so that your body can use it as energy. That's if you wanted to lose weight or you didn't have access to food. Say you were really hungry and you didn't have any breakfast, whatever, you'd gone out. Just do some star jumps, have a big drink, get your fat working for you because that's what your body does. But let's say you then have your breakfast. So let's say this lady has one or two chopped apricots on, on some porridge oats 
and you have a big glass of water, uh, um, whatever, not at the same time, incidentally, as you eat, because you're going to water down your stomach acid. You should only be having a small drink. You shouldn't really be eating then for four to five hours because probably a little bit longer to give that fruit time to, to be chowed and all your, you know, remember your starch is digested in your mouth and your fat. That's where it starts with your tylin and your linguinal lipase. When it gets into your stomach, that starch and fat switches off and your stomach starts doing the protein. And then when it goes into your duodenum, it starts again. You shouldn't be keeping open the hatch, putting dried fruit down it. You've got to stop. Everyone's got to stop. It's not natural. And this is why, um, I mean, I'm struggling to even see slim people anymore. It's like spot the skinny. Um, it, it's incredible. But you don't want to have that spike and trough, spike and trough, spike and trough. So you have to do, do it like this. It's really simple. People keep saying to me, I'm really confused what I can eat. It's very, very simple. Go in your first two aisles of the supermarket, fruit and vegetables. That's what you can eat. You should be eating more vegetables than fruit. Now, as British people, and I and I think you're the same where you live, Tim, it's the same climate as where I live. We should be eating root vegetables. Uh, you know, your potatoes, your turnip, your parsnips, your carrots, your swedes. We should be eating a lot of those and yep. green leafy veg, kale chard broccoli spinach all that those green leafy colors we shouldn't be eating our fruit as a snack and we shouldn't be eating too much of it and we should be eating what is natural for us so i'm now you know actually it's really funny i was just resting my cup on this book that good old wes got a secondhand book bless him foods that harm and foods that heal it's very nice old. And it's a Reader's Digest book. And he just bought it secondhand. He saw it and, and got it. And I, I'm resting my cup on it. But well, this there's guy... A, there's, a question, there's a question here, uh, and several people are asking it, concerning um, what you meant by oils. And then we're going to have to get into this Genetic Technology Act deal uh, here because I think we're setting it up by talking about the kind of foods and then what they're, what they're trying to do with it. But they're asking, what are good... And bad oils and old saucy, you you got me cracked up there. Should I be dipping my bacon in maple syrup and hot sauce? <laughs> I don't, I don't well, think so, but all, yeah, what are the good and the bad all, oils? In fact, I think we've done a show on this, haven't we? Yeah, cold pressed virgin olive oil, yep. um, cold uh, cold pressed organic flax oil. You should be you could be cooking with ghee. Coconut oil is good. These are your good oils. If you've had your gallbladder out coconut oil is the best one for you um you know for me personally you don't need to be cooking in oil um i i just you know when i'm baking something i do a layer of onions on the bottom thinly sliced onions and they go they like oily they caramelize on their own because you've got all the natural sugars then i lay my other things on top and um you know you can use flax oil as a dressing uh olive oil as a dressing. The Italians don't use all their olive oil to cook with. When you start cooking uh, with oils, you change the molecular structure. Uh, you know, that's why I love, everybody knows I love a dirty bag of potato chips. I call the crisps, as we call them in Britain, I actually call them a dirty bag now because I can't eat them anymore. They make my joints hurt in my hands. So I can't do it. And I love the fact that I've prayed for it. 
And the Lord tells me what I was going to tell you is when I went to reach for that bag of nuts and those dried fruits, I just went to reach for them. It was about a week and a half ago. <laughs> my joint in my hand, it was like a stabbing pain <laughs> as I led for it. I started laughing because, you know, asking, ask the Lord, he'll tell you every time. Uh, you know, I laugh now because everything I've asked for, I've, I've been given. And uh, everything I, you know, when I say, give me eyes to see and ears to hear, uh, that made me laugh so much when I just leaned to pick them up. Amen. And I got a stopping pain in that joint. I was like, oh, thank you. That's my Holy Spirit there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you, where, where you, you've got to ask yourself these, the fact when you go down the aisle of the oils, there's a whole aisle dedicated to all these garbage oils. They, you could run your vehicle on those oils. Isn't that right, Tim? These, <laughs> these probably, yeah, you could on some. That's true. Because look at that, look at that uh, house you sent me in America, which was growing all their produce. And how many acres did they have for their home? Yeah, they had like a quarter acre in downtown LA and they were running their car off of used Healthy cooking grease. Oils. Yeah. Yes. So um, I would, you know what I do? I buy Biona. Uh, um, biodynamic farming is where they, in order to get their license, they've got to do everything that they're growing helps everything that they're growing. And it takes them about 20 years to get their license. And I buy, uh, I can't remember, six or eight bottles at a time. The cold pressed flax oil doesn't expand when you freeze it. And I, I freeze it and I take them out as I need it. And I only have, I think I have between 10 and 20 mils maximum a day. And I put my oil in a jar. Uh, anybody who's been anywhere within about two meters of me will vouch for this. I put and Katrina, we're both the same. I get a jar and I chop up two to three bulbs of garlic, organic garlic. It's big. I'm having a great growing my own now. And I chop it up raw. I put it into the jar quickly. You can't hang around all day because once you've started to chop it up, you know that you're going to have to use that in the next couple of days. And then I fill the jar half cold pressed flax oil, half apple cider vinegar. And then it's up to you guys. You can put honey in there. You can put dill in there. You can put a little bit of mustard in there. You could put mustard seeds in there, grind them up in a pestle and mortar, throw those in there, whatever you want to put in there. Um, uh, rosemary, thyme or dill. You, you can use whatever you like. I'm not a fan of basil. I Actually, I really don't like basil, but Gukran Singh and the Sikhs made me a tea with poppy seeds and basil in it, an Indian tea, Sikh, sorry, Punjab tea. And it was delicious, absolutely delicious. But um, you can put whatever you want in that jar. And then what I do every meal then, I know that two tablespoons is going to give me 15 mils of the oil. So if I want to have 20 mils, I just limit that. I do it as a teaspoon. I have the garlic and I have the oil on my food, on my salad, on my cooked food. That's how you do it. And that that cold-pressed flax oil is part of the Gerson therapy. But, you know, these dressings that I see what they use in the fast food places, like Itsu, um, all of the all of the restaurants, even Pizza, Pizza Express, incidentally, um, be careful, they'll probably sue me, but look, no, they're not going to. Uh, they use, um, they have their dough balls, and you have to look what their dough balls and their dough from their pizza is made from. 
please go and have a look on the menu. I'm not going to say it on it so no one can say anything. You can go do your due diligence and you might drop that pizza right out of your hand. But the other thing they have is a salad dressing. It's a glaze and it's got, uh, it's it's very yummy and they do it everywhere. It's a balsamic glaze. They now, all of the supermarkets markets have got balsamic glaze. You need to look at what's in that. It's got fructose, high fructose corn syrup in it. It's got, which is the sugar, it's hybridized. It's got all of that in it. And you're going to put that all over your food, that your body, sugar from your natural foods in the presence of oxygen, when you breathe in, is going to generate ATP, boom, at a cellular level in your mitochondria. That's what you do, adenosine triphosphate, ATP. What's going to happen now? You're going to be pushing that oxygen away from your cell like that. So when your sugar comes in, you can't generate ATP anymore because it's pushing the oxygen away. So what's going to happen to your cell? It's now fermenting. Cancer cells ferment. And and all of your hybridized wheat, all of your EMFs, that's going to start damaging your DNA. Oh, it's just, it's not random. Yeah. This so all cleverly done. This is yeah. all goes back. This is why you had all of these scientists working for the Third Reich. Yeah. Um, Herman Pichuan was studying how radiation affected water. We're over 70 percent water, 76. We should be over 80 odd percent water, but we're all dry and crispy and how it affected blood. Oh, it's not just random. Yeah. No, I, I get that. So, yeah. so let's let's tie that in to what you know. Basically, we we're talking about now. We, we've had a lot of health issues that we're talking about here, foods and stuff. But all of this is fiction to ramp up even more. This is what you sent me this morning. I read it uh, while you were trying to come on. This is uh, the Genetic Te- Technology uh, Precision Breeding Act of 2023. And some people may say, "Well, you're an American show. Why are you having all this 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 British?" you know, legislation that's coming in. Well, we're doing it because if it's happening over there, it's going, that's right. It's going to come over here. So Kate, what's going on here? What what they're wanting to, it sounds to me like they're wanting to take every plant and every animal and they're wanting to start, you know, doing Bill Gates, cut the DNA out and put, stick something else in there. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, it's the reverse of this, what I'm going to read to you. What they're doing is the reverse of what I'm telling you. Maintaining order rather than correcting disorder is the ultimate principle of wisdom. To cure disease after it has appeared is like digging a well when one feels thirsty or forging weapons after the war has already begun. And that was Huang Di Nejing, 2nd century BC. Second century BC. What they're doing is they are going to control the food and they are making food that is going to hybridize hybridize you. When you eat genetically modified food, you are going to become genetically modified. This food is not going to is not going to survive. It's not going to survive. Why? Because we've already seen this with what I was telling you about this scientist. It will die. These animals die. These plants will die. The insects that land on these plants then become genetically modified and everything will start to fail. 
They are literally just sullying what the Lord has created. These are Satanists. This is what they all are. I listened to right at the beginning when I couldn't get on, Tim, and it's interesting. You talk about Kathy O'Brien. And I haven't listened to your show, but I have listened to many of Kathy O'Brien's interviews. And I listened to them in 2012, 2013. And uh, when you talk about MK Ultra, this is all linked. These people are all linked. All I was just thinking the same thing. In fact, the whole idea of the mind control, you see it being used we had Corey lynn on to talk about the exploitation of the quote unquote transgenders there's not such a thing it's gender confused people is what they are and, and romans one tells us about that and sometimes that's passed down generation to generation through abuse like what kathy had some of those things that go on but the fact of the matter is all of that even our foods and stuff become a there there is a form of mind control that's coming at that it's appealing to our base lusts is what it is that's in, right. in the food and i, I was i was and yeah, I was fixing to say that very word, gluttony and money, as far as pointing out a lawless money, are two things you will not hear in the modern American church preached against. And yet all through the scripture, uh, they're taught, God tells them their, their bellies are their gods. He talks about their gluttonous. Uh, they, if, he, if they would have come to him, he would have gave them the finest of wheat. That's what he says. Or I would have given you honey. Uh, I would have given you water out of the rock if you had just come to me. But no, they went somewhere else. And so I see a lot of the spiritual aspects of the things you're talking about here. It's me just too. we can't even focus on that because we get so distracted from everything else. Absolutely. And um, people, you know, when you see the all of the transgender and everything that's going on, Children are very impressionable. We've all been young. I mean, I'm sure you've done daft things when you were when you were young. I have. I look back, you know, my no, I old, was I was a pristine young boy. Yeah, you know, and I look at some of the things, <laughs> and, and you know what, I I really when I look back, my my own mom, she's in her eighties, and it's taken me this long to really appreciate in the last few years what she actually did for me. I'm in a home because of my mom, because my mom, you know, paid two thirds of my mortgage for two years. When I split up with my ex-husband, she did so much for us as children. She taught us to, she taught us to knit. She taught us to dressmake. And, you know, she did her best. Her own mother left when she was a little girl. She's, she's a bit odd, but aren't we all? But, you know, it, it's incredible that we are so impressionable as young children. Yeah. Um, Kate, can you hold hold that thought? Let me close this out. Guys, catch us on sonsoflibertymedia.com or beforeitsnews.com. We're going to continue this talk about the Genetic Technology Act along with Methylene Blue with Kate Shimarani. Catch Bradley at 3. Have a great weekend, Lord's Day, and we'll talk with you at 6 a.m., Lord willing, on Monday. Adios. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And Kate didn't mean to interrupt you. Just wanted to clear that out of the way so you have all the time in the world you want to, you want to convey your, your thoughts there. Yeah, so, you know, we were children and um, you're impressionable. Now, when I had my my children, we I didn't allow, um, they, they had quite a closeted upbringing. But my son, I always remember my oldest son going to his friend's house for the weekend and he came back talking in an American accent, swearing and being very aggressive. As it turned out, at his friend's house for the whole weekend, they'd been watching Grand Theft Auto. And he was acting out some of this. And uh, it was quite interesting. He's very, he was very impressionable as a child, whatever he watched. So he, he would take it on. So 
what's actually happening is our children are being um, exposed and not just exposed to it. It's being rammed down their throats, uh, that the whole LGBTQ and, you know, this whole uh, taking drugs, being given drugs for transition from seven years old. And um, but some of these children, they are expressing that they don't know what they are. So what I would my point is, I was a little girl and my mum's not particularly a, a Barbie doll or feminine. You know, my mother was laying a patio in her late 70s. Um, you know, she's she's hardcore um, northern Midlands girl who was brought up by her father, who was a farmer. And they didn't have a lot. Her mother left in the middle of the night. And uh, she's a real doer. My mum, you know, de- still decorate. She's in her 80s and she just decorated her new house all the way through herself. That's what she's, she does. And um, so what I'm saying is, but I always knew I was a little girl and I loved pretty things and I like, you know, everything that sparkles. Where does that come from? So I knew I was a girl. And as I got older, I was attracted to boys. I remember being in primary school and, you know, my first love, Simon Smith. Um, in I, Actually, it was in, it was in infant school, later in infant school. So where does that come from? We just know. But children are now saying they don't know what they are. Why is that? It's because of this. Yes. All of this hybridized wheat, all of these synthetic estrogens in in the water, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, they're all synthetic estrogens. In the newspapers today, there is a, um, a story about men with low testosterone and how it's leaving them exposed to getting other um, uh, 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 illnesses like diabetes. Nobody's actually saying, well, actually, you know what? It's because 2.7 billion men, men, women and children are zinc deficient and zinc is stored in the prostate and the testes. It's because of all these synthetic estrogens that they're eating, that they're putting all over their bodies. And even with the whey protein that these guys are drinking as they're working out at the gym, this is from hybridized uh, wheat, corn-fed cattle that are then making their me- uh, milk, that they're then getting the whey protein off that. These are not grass-fed cattle. And when you go to these grain-fed f- cattle, you'll see that they give them a magnesium block to lick because they get deficient in magnesium why? Because of all the grain and the hybridized grain and the corn and the amylopectin A, high sugar. I mean, it just, it, it, you guys must know all this by now. You'll be the best at everything. So this is all going round and round and round. And our children are being exposed to the mind, the body and the soul. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this uh, and, and we made mention of Disney, Disney over the past couple of days too, but this, there was a, um, a little boy, they called him Jazz, and apparently he had a show. He got in the news here recently, and one of the things that went on with with Jazz, I don't know if people have seen it, but his parents put him through the surgery, the quote-unquote gender reassignment surgery. It's just basically removing his sex organs and putting an axe wound in the place where it is um, and calling it a vagina, which it's not. Um, And... I didn't look, I didn't, I don't follow all the stuff of what's all involved in this, but apparently guys that have this surgery have to, 
this is almost embarrassing. I, I mean, I'm just embarrassed to even talk about it. But out, Tim. they have to <laughs> dilate. They have oh, to. Yeah, they, they have to put something in that hole that the doctors created, or otherwise the body's tendency is to heal it up. That's what it does. And so mom is all mad at Jazz because and and this kid has put on a bunch of weight. A bunch mm -hmm. of weight. And I'm sure it's due to the estrogen and all of the hormones they're given to him. Yes. But but I'm telling you, Kate, it, it I, I I feel for that kid mm -hmm. because mom and dad have pushed this on him and now he's saying I don't feel like myself. Well, no, it's because you're not yourself. You're not in your right mind. And I got to tell you, I, I literally, it just broke my heart to hear that because mm. this is, this is a young man who has been brought up this way, encouraged in this instead of corrected in his thinking. And I think you can correct the thinking when they're young. You can continue to point them in those directions, but he has been left like this. He will be permanently scarred physically for the rest of his life and yeah. mentally now i think he's going to come out eventually and say what did these people do to me why did they let this continue to go on and i'm telling you right now they're trying to do it with pretty much every child that they can do it with in the school system this is why right, parents and the food this is why they want your children at food and on school meals because they're going to attack your guts well, they want, uh, the thing is, is, uh, is I warn parents again, do whatever you can. If you have to, if you have to only eat two meals a day, eat two meals a day, but, or, or get rid of the TV or whatever you got to get rid of, go to a cheaper car or whatever, get your kids out of those public indoctrination centers, get them Absolutely. out. That is, that is a place where they are seeking to prey on your kids and you have no idea what's going on in that school while you're at work for eight or nine hours or however long the kids there. So this is a very important issue. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, owning, owning the, f the flag, you look at those LGBTQ flags with the colors of the rainbow. They're laughing at you. They're hitting you in the face with it. Genesis six, go read it. They, they don't even like you to read Genesis six in the churches, you know, about, um, all of what that symbolizes the rainbow, why the rainbow came Anyway, look, I just <laughs> look at this book, Tim. It's actually not mine. Nice. This is this is Team Kiwis who's building my chicken coop and putting the greenhouse up. He ordered a book and sent it to my house. Um, no grid survival projects, but I've been having a, a thumb through this. Um, it's a pretty good book. It's a pretty good book that what you can do. Um, we've just had our interest rates put up again in the UK. So my mortgage went from 1500 to, I think, uh, and I, I've paid all the interest virtually on mine, but the Bank of England rate's gone up. So my mortgage has now gone up. It had already gone up another 200 and something. Now it's gone up again. I mean, people are going to be losing their homes. This is much worse than the 2008 crash. It's terrible. So, you know, they want you where you've got no money at all, so you lose your homes, but they want you in their smart cities where they've changed 70% of the office blocks in London were not taken back up by workers that worked from home. They are being made into small living accommodation. Why? Because they want you in there. And then what are they going to do? They're going to tell you with your 15-minute cities, you can only eat in our supermarkets. Everything you need within 15 minutes of where you live and what are those supermarkets going to have? They're going to have this hybridized food in it. That's exactly what they're going to have while they have you in this virtual prison with the technology of the 5G, which is a, a virtual grid. That's your prison. That's exactly what it is.
and they can turn it up and they can use it for i mean it is it's phenomenal what it does to your body um so this is a test this is no different to for me i was walking listening to the book of job and i thought this is this is the same thing are we going to be tempted you know i one of my friends said oh and i get it i get it i like having my head and i like my makeup on i like nice nails and she said you know i really want to live a bit more natural but i i like i like shopping as well i like so i i thought about that i went for a walk and i thought i like that buzz of shopping i like to go to the shopping mall wander around have an almond cappuccino you know i don't drink coffee any other time now i only drink the chicory uh, just two well, i have the one heap teaspoon but divided into two cups so i have like two and um and and i thought what why do i like that why do i like going to the shop and and i'm your typical woman trust me if i wore a different outfit every day for the next couple of years i'd never repeat an outfit and that was me having a big clear out several years ago taking it to the charity shop but why do i do that why because it appeals to the very base of you, the very primitive part of it's your the brain. very look. It's it gets to be the very essence of the sinful nature of man. This is yeah, why this is why we don't put our hope or our faith in man because other men and women are just like us at the root. I was quoting that with uh, Kathy yesterday. I think this is what I was about to tie it from, to from Jeremiah, that where our heart is deceitful. Our heart is deceitful, and it deceives us into thinking this is good for us when we do these kinds of things. That's and again, there's I don't think there's anything wrong with buying things that you need. That's one thing. But if there's this, there's this drive that if I don't get my fix of whatever these That's things what are, is. then yeah. It's a fix. So look, you know, when I was married, I was very unhappy. I was happy with my children, but I wasn't a happy marriage. And, I, and that's all I have to say about it. He's a he's good to, to the children and I wouldn't have the children if I hadn't have had that marriage. Would I do a lot of things differently now? Um, yes, I'd still get married, but I would have done a lot of things differently. I've had time to reflect. Um, but, you know, that's my, uh, my that's old saying, cross to bear. But um, with Kathy O'Brien, where do I tie that in? That very basic instincts and the part of the brain, that reward, how we feel with that reward, that high. So in my marriage, I would I would be miserable. I'd go shopping and I'd go shopping online to, to a designer called Karen Millen. I loved her dresses. So I would have a dress. And then it was like I would be satiated for a couple of months and then it would build again and I'd go back on, I'd buy another dress. I still have those dresses. And I can tell you I had a 200, would be like a $400 dress with the label still hanging on. And that was in 2016. And a friend of mine who doesn't have a lot of money, I gave her the dress. I invited her to an awards ceremony that I'd been invited to just before I got kicked off the local radio. So no, it wasn't. It was 2000. 17 i gave her this dress to wear and i said you can have it because i felt quite vulgar that i still had a dress four years on that had a label hanging on that i'd never worn so i clearly didn't need it and she kept the dress and um it, it's interesting you see that mind control that kathy o'brien talks about that compartmentalizing through trauma and reward so that's actually what was done to kathy o'brien and that MK Ultra is done on a real extreme level where they com 
they compartmentalize open and close all different parts and they then use triggers and it's done on a reward or a pain basis very very interesting a, a really good book that you uh, the listeners could read is called let non dare call it conspiracy um that was one of my ex-husband's books that i've still got actually very very interesting um go and read that if you can get a hold of the co- a copy it's just a thin book but it's very interesting that all of these things um they, they used ect electroconvulsive therapy that was used in psychiatry when i did my training <laughs> and after i qualified it was still being used where you where people that were really depressed they would use this ect on them it's barbaric um but that pleasure so what i started to think about is why do i like to go shopping but it's not very often i like to do it i don't like shopping generally i go i don't really like it i don't really like it but then like yesterday i was thinking oh i'd like to go into you know brighton i'd like to have a wander around shops why why and it's those very basic reward centers of the brain and we have to look deep in ourselves and think what else gives us there's something else will give us that's that's pure that we should be doing will give us that same high and you know i realized then when, when do i get that same high when i walk my dogs mm. when i walk my dogs and i go for a couple of hours i'd go for longer i'd walk all day and then i see my dogs running and and playing and then one of the other things that i love to do which i do at least half of my week with is walking with Catherine Katrina as i call her and her dogs and we laugh and we talk about things and we and it gives me that same high but i'm doing something that doesn't cost any money apart from the driving to get there but we'd cycle if we had to um and we're watching things that are natural and we were out even in the rain it was teeming down the other day and i was absolutely soaked i had wellies on finally realized you have to have your waterproof trousers on the outside of your wellies otherwise the water runs into your socks yeah i did that um one time but well and you have times when you're out there by yourself i know you you shared with Ooh. me that that you're uh you're in conversation with the lord as well so yeah, i do lots of praying yeah. i listen i i use the devil's tool the mobile phone the devil's tool and uh use the devil's tools against him and i sometimes will listen to scripture i listen to derek prince um but i also have listened online to um the book of revelation the book of job um genesis i listen to different things but i also listen to um the lion of is it the lion of judah i think it is i like listening to some of the prayers i pray sometimes i, I really enjoy it really really enjoy it and then you know what i love later when suddenly suddenly i get something and i think oh this is amazing and then i think well hang on a minute i remember praying for that yeah. i remember exactly where there's I been prayed. so many there's been so many times you've shared those things with me hey tim i i prayed for this today and guess who i met today and guess what happened and this is it was the very thing i asked for and you you told me that over and over i think that's wonderful yeah. because I'm you know bitter. i bitter. Yeah, well i i remember I I remember Charles Spurgeon gave a, a story one time where he was having uh, some kind of he had he had some bouts with gout and some other issues. And uh, he was hurting so bad that he had some friends there and he had to leave them and said, excuse me a second. He went in the other room. He began to cry out to God. And he said. He said, if I had a child that was hurting like this, I would want to do everything I could to comfort my child and to take that away, even if it meant bringing it on me. He said, you're my father. You love me more than I love my children help me and he said when i did that the pain immediately left i was able to go 
give thanks to God for it and go and resume my conversation with my friends. And I think this is, you know, on the one hand, God is a holy and a just and a righteous uh, God. And on the other hand, he is a loving and tender, mercied father. And we have to keep both of those in perspective. We can't lean to the one side of just saying, mm. oh, he's he's my daddy. He loves me, blah, 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 and forget the holiness and the justice and the righteousness of God. And we can't lean the other way and have him just be the God full of wrath and anger and no mercy and love. There is a balance uh, uh, to his character as to what he is, and all of it is holy and all of it is perfect there. Let's get to one other thing here. Methylene blue. I have no idea what this is or how it even ties into the things we've been talking about, but you're going to tell us. <laughs> well, I am, and I'm only halfway through my studies, and I've been looking at lots of sources. And um, But again, before I talk about it, we've got to remember here that um, everything that we need is here already. It's all here. And we shouldn't be getting to the point of what I've just said. You know, that I'll read that again. You've got to think of this before you start switching to. So I'm going to read it again because it makes perfect sense. Maintaining order rather than correcting disorder is the principle of wisdom. To cure disease after it has appeared is like digging a well when one feels thirsty or, or forging weapons after the war has already begun. So don't wait until you are sick with all of this garbage to go and look for an antidote. Don't do that. If you start addressing it now, it's much easier. You can reverse all disease. You really can. And we're not talking about, you know, you, you, you get injured in an accident, you lose your leg. But okay, let's say you lose your leg. That's completely different. But you can, we've got YouTube now. You can go onto YouTube and you can watch people out in, in the Far East and the Middle East who they would starve if they didn't adapt to their injury. And you see people who've got no legs and they're using their arms and they're building their houses and they work for a construction company. Have you seen this? Those people didn't just go, well, I'm just going to starve and die here. They just get on and find yeah, a absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is where, and they, they're among their workers and their communities and it's incredible really. And, and, you know, you talk about our father. I keep saying this on my Twitter posts. That was one of the things I prayed for. I kept putting in these appeals and they kept saying, no, you're not having it. Don't contact us again. I went out one day and I said, listen, I know this is the devil's tool, but it's a platform. And I said, please, Lord, please give me back my Twitter account. And I think it was a day or two days later, I got it back. I couldn't believe it. Interesting. And you've been able yeah. to keep it too. Yeah. As well as a new Facebook page, which is pretty. Well, ironic. I've got so many warnings on my warnings on my warnings on my Facebook page. I really don't care but look you know methylene blue it was I, I i will do more on it next week i'll just do, go quickly through what i've done and then i'm going to bring more of it to you it is an antidote to cyanide poisoning to carbon monoxide poisoning it's an anti-parasitic and it was that one of the it was the first pharmaceutical drug and everything on the back of it came because of methylene blue and it's in a study, it's a neurometabolic, the neurometabolic um, mechanisms of it um, enhance memory and, and they, they are neuroprotective. So it's a protection against neurodegeneration with very low dose of methylene blue. You know what's really interesting? I'd have to go back and listen to it, but then I've got, I got sidetracked because of that terrible document that got, you know, pushed through 
yesterday and the implications of it you know we won't be able to eat anything everything's you, you just can't eat what they're providing um and and people didn't realize it was going through but um i started to listen and what was interesting about methylene blue is it clears parasites and it comes from i think it was the same class of compounds as hydroxychloroquine but it fell out of favor and one of the ways probably it fell out of favor is people probably don't like the fact that it makes your tongue blue it makes your urine blue bright blue um so let's let's go ahead here a two-year double-blind crossover trial of the prophylactic effect of methylene blue in manic depressive psychosis so it has a it stops that happening it's prophylactic and methylene methylene blue is on the world health organization list of essential medicines with a high safety profile isn't that incredible and yet you are not supposed to use a drug if there is another drug you can't use that emergency authorization for a drug if there are other drugs that's that right. have been shown to work. Well, I think so that's what Tenpenny had said, that they were in violation yeah. of that, yeah. It was. So you've got budesonide that was used with uh, hydrocortisones, and you, you were getting over 80% of people um, who were in intensive care recovered and out. But why were they not using that? It was very, very cheap. I think it was just over, you know, $50, $60, maybe not even as much as that, to give a course of that to a patient with breathing problems. But no, they didn't do that. They gave, I believe it was emergency emergency authorization for remdesivir, which cost over a thousand pounds, nearly $2,000. Do you see? They gave emergency authorization for a drug which was much more costly that in the Ebola trials killed 50% of the people that took it. And also, as John Looney, the undertaker, and I think it's a good day to mention him, uh, please do follow him on Twitter. He is struggling, uh, you know, with how he's getting hammered and attacked. And um, I, I'm actually speaking to him shortly. Um, he contacted me, just supporting one another. But he actually said when he picked up the bodies from the hospital, and I'm saying bodies because we know that that's just a vessel for you. And by then, your spirit has gone, left. And um, th that is just an empty vessel then. He said he knew the ones that had been given remdesivir because the body bags were sloshing. They were full of fluid. Isn't oh, wow. that horrific? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what all the undertakers were saying. The body bags were sloshing with fluid. And I've seen autopsy where the re reports where the, the bodies are completely full of fluid. You can press them and your finger will leave a big dent. It's called pitting edema. Why is that? Let me just tell you quickly, in case you've forgotten, the carrier for remdesivir, the drug that carries the carrier that carries the active, the active part of remdesivir collects in the kidneys. It's only transient, but it blocks the kidneys filter system. So in an elderly person where that filter system is already decreased, they might be on other drugs as well that further compromise that filter system that remdesivir is going to stop that filter system so what's going to happen they're going to get a buildup of fluid in their kidneys in their heart in their tissues the blood pressure is going to go up this is what you see with the patients put on remdesivir then they get a fluid around the heart fluid in their lungs and they die this is what you're seeing and it's horrific and they knew they knew they knew they knew 
and they still pushed that out. So this whole thing about loving our father, Tim, do you see who the beast is here, that idolatry? Oh, the sure. government is trying to be your mommy and daddy. They're asking you to idolize them. And this is what people are doing. Oh, the government wouldn't do that to us. Oh, listen to the government. False idols, people. False idols. Anyway, I digress. So let's just go quickly through what I've learned so far. So it's on the World Health Organization list as an essential medicines with a highly safe profile. It's a hermetic drug. What does hermetic mean? It means that a low dose is fantastic, but you give a high dose and it will have the opposite effect. So the low dose has an opposite effect to a high dose. So at low doses, it's a positive effect. High doses, it's a negative effect. What is a low dose? 0.5 milligrams to 4 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Lots and lots of studies. I've looked at lots of them and they all show that when you stay below um, five milligrams, there's no problem that has excellent effects. You go above five milligrams per milligram of body weight, per kilogram of body weight, you start to get negative effects. So methylene blue is a MAO inhibitor and it's a serious side effects can occur when administered intravenously with selective SSRIs. Well, that's your um, selective serotonin, uh, serotonin um, reuptake inhibitors. That's what a lot of these... Uh, antidepressant drugs that so many people are on now. They're all put on those. And um, as Dr. Ali Ajaz, when he was on your show, you know, he only uses drugs as a very quick fix. And then he's off them. He likes to use diet and addressing all of the deficiencies that patient will have. So if you've got a patient on those drugs, you don't want them to use methylene blue. You need to wean them off that first. It's contraindicated in pregnancy. Excuse me, where are you going? I'm just checking with the daughter. Um, she's going to work. Hang on a sec. Say hello, Paloma. Hi. Hello. <laughs> she goes, she's at Cambridge, but she's really hardworking. She always gets a job when she comes home and she passed her driving test. She's got a car and she now tells me how to drive. Because <laughs> we don't know, do we, Tim? Nice. Anyway, so... Um, if you've got G6PD, if you suffer from G6PD, which is glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency, if you have G6PD, you cannot take methylene blue. If you're pregnant, you cannot take methylene blue. And if you're on an SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, you cannot take methylene blue. And it will cause um, hemolytic anemia in all of those aforementioned patients um, it's teratogenic so it's harmful to the developing fetus so if you are pregnant or there's a possibility you could be pregnant and people say well what do you mean by that if you're having unprotected intercourse or you're having intercourse there's a possibility that you're pregnant because no um, contraception is a hundred percent effective so if you That's are right. considering taking methylene blue and you are having intercourse and you are of childbearing years i personally would advise you and that i would personally advise you to do a pregnancy test before you choose to do methylene blue as a therapy and i would personally advise you to abstain from intercourse while you're doing that therapy why do i say that 
because I'm 58 years old this year. And I, my first job was in a gynecology ward where we did five to 15 suction terminations of pregnancy up to 12 weeks, Monday to Friday. That was a small town. And it had just that hospital for a small town and the surrounding towns. And that's how many we did. So pregnancy, most pregnancies are not planned. Most pregnancies are not planned. And if I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me, the condom ripped, we thought it would be okay. We didn't use the condom, but it wasn't okay. We couldn't stop. I was taking my pill. I was late taking my pill. I was taking antibiotics, which were uh, inhibited the working of my pill. Or they even had a coil, um, an intrauterine device in. I cannot tell you how many pregnancies I saw yeah. where they had the coil in and then they miscarried or they were threatening to miscarry with the coil in, the diaphragm. I could go on. Well, let's. I let's, would never advise anyone. Yeah, let's so, let's let's make a let's make a comment about what you just said there because all of that's unnatural too. The condoms are yeah, unnatural. Absolutely. They're unnatural. They're keeping. You know, God has said that children are a reward. They're a heritage from the Lord. They're like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. Blesses the man who has his quiver full of them. So, you know, all throughout we we see um uh, uh, uh Jacob and Rachel. And Rachel is coming to him going, give me children. He goes, what are you talking about, woman? You know, the Lord opens and closes the womb. You need to go see him about that. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we have so many people that don't want to have children or they want to wait till they're like 30 to have children. And it's like, guys, our, you know, our mother, our grandfathers and grandmothers used to have children when they were 15, 16, 17 years old. And they were married, by the way. Uh, I don't want to advocate for fornication, but th I, they were married early they were maturing together in fact i think one of the greatest things is for kids today to start getting married earlier in their teens in their mid to late teens let their their bodies are set there their minds need to mature there's no doubt but i'll tell you what you stick you you give a daughter away to a young man and guess what that's going to mature them real quick because guess what they have to live on their own they have to depend upon each other. The Bible says the woman leaves the man and the man leaves his family or the woman leaves the family and the man leaves the family and they cleave to one another and they become one flesh. So they, they're going to mature. So I want to encourage people to start looking at that uh, because I think that's a that's a subculture thing that needs to be done. The, the birth control pills. How many people, Kate, uh, women, we probably could do a show on this, have had ovarian cancer or cervical cancer oh, because they took they birth control. Yeah. They've just announced the IUD, intrauterine device, the progesterone only one. Uh, sorry, sorry, the progesterone only pill. Um, there's an increase in breast cancer. Well, of course there is because you're, you're messing, your pituitary gland releases a releasing factor to your anterior parathyroid to then releases to your thyroid, which tells your ovaries to start releasing things. It all works so beautifully, the endocrine system, you're messing with that. And I actually have a patient who I've just taken on who um, was, was using contraception and it's messed up all of her hormones. This is why they get fat, they get tired. And these intrauterine uh, devices and these implants that you put in the arm. Uh, I remember one of the consultants, he was, he was actually Jewish and he had, I can't remember, seven or eight children. And, 
And I remember he was doing a suction termination in front of me. This was the very first one I actually saw performed. And I can remember it like it was yesterday and I am pro-life. And the first thing they did, so you're looking, I'm going to be graphic, but not too graphic. You're looking at the woman's legs open and they put on this particular piece of surgical uh, drape, which is like, it's like uh, two sort of sock things that are joined together that go over the woman's legs because they're through stirrups. And it's a sheet and it has a square hole in the middle, which shows just the area that the doctor's going to go in. There's two big bottles next to it, the suction bottles. And the first thing he's got to do is go in and dilate her cervix. You have the vagina at the top of the vagina. You've got the cervix that looks like like that. feels like the tip of the nose. It's tight closed. So before they went down to theater, they were given a pessary up the vagina to soften that cervix and start to dilate it. Often there were delays in the theater list because they were doing the hysterectomies. Those girls would start aborting on the ward. I'm not joking. I've seen it all. They have to dilate that. And this links to what you were saying about these fake vaginas. They have to dilate it. So the doctor would have a, 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 a lineup of instruments that were getting wider. So you imagine a just a, a, a stainless steel rod and he would have a rod and he would push it in and come out. And then he would go to the next rod that get wider diameter, go in and out, wider diameter, in and out till he's opened the cervix. Then he would get the suction catheter and he goes in. And suck, 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 and it rips the baby to pieces and it comes out in the bottle right, like cremola right. foam. Oh. Cremola foam with body parts in. And sometimes they never scanned them. In those days, they didn't scan them. This was in uh, 1986. The skull would get stuck. So they go in with little forceps and they crush the skull. And and then that gets sucked out. And then they had to then look at what was out in the bot in the jar and it's tipped out and gone through so they can see all the body parts, you know, little feet. And this is what they did. I remember the very first one, and I was sent down to theater to watch it. This was straight after I qualified my first job. And I can remember it to this day. I'm not going to say his name because he's probably he's probably still working. He would have been in his late 30s early 40s then, late 30s, uh, early 40s. He, he was actually a very nice man. He was Jewish and he said, he turned to me and I was standing, I can still see in the theater, I was standing to his right and he was sitting and he said, I wouldn't want one of my babies to end up this way. That was his exact words. That's exactly what he said to me. Wow. I've never forgotten that. And it's, you know, so you're seeing that and it's surreal it's surreal but what was worse for me was a lady on the ward she was indian and she was in her late 20s and she had an intrauterine device a coil so your your uterus is like that it's a closed when you see it drawn on a diagram it's actually not like a balloon it's actually closed and at the bottom of that is the cervix she had an intrauterine device and it goes in like a coil like that and that's to stop so the, the fertilization of the egg happens two thirds of the way along the fallopian tube. And then that cell becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight, becomes 16, becomes 32. By the time that comes along to uterus, it's a marula, it's a blastocyst, it's a bundle of cells. And then it's got to embed in the wall of the uterus. What it does is it doesn't stop you getting pregnant, that coil. It just stops that from embedding. But often it doesn't stop it from embedding. It still embeds. But when it gets to a certain size, it can't grow any bigger because of the coil. So you abort 
and she aborted twins, twins with this coil. They couldn't remove the coil because if you remove the coil, you likely cause uh, um, a spontaneous abortion anyway. Wow. Wow. So I've seen it all. So when people say to me, and then, you know, I've talked about this, I've worked in theatres and I've gone to the ward to collect patients for hysterectomy and there'll be girls inside rooms, women having a prostaglandin where they have to deliver the baby. So, you know, for all you people out there that are saying, um, you know, it's my body, my choice, it's not a baby till it's born. Um, I'm sorry, but I, I've i seen it all. Yeah. And I've, de- I've that's, delivered so that's absolute. It's absolute nonsense. And I know some people are probably coming in late and they're going, uh, I, I said, I smell is this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, they're, they're looking and they're going, okay, you guys talk, said genetic technology act and methylene blue. Well, and, and we, we got into other things, it's all linked. but it's we all see linked. it all linked. It's yeah. That's eugenics. what I was going to say. All of, yeah. All the eugenics, eugenics, the eugenics includes kill the elderly, all that. kill the yeah. disabled, kill the babies. That's right. CRISPR technology, C-R-I-S-P-R. Go and look it up. Do your due diligence. They are stating that even dyslexia is genetic. What are they going to do? They're going to come up with a test for that. They're going to start testing the babies. Then they're going to say, we have an injection for that. We can fix it. Or are they going to start saying, we're going to test you for it before you're even allowed to reproduce. You're going to take this Malthusian drilled pill, just like Brave New World. There's going to be a siren goes off, or you're going to have an implant injected to you. And we'll decide if you can, you're allowed to procreate based on your genetic profile. Yeah, this absolutely. is exactly what this is. This is all linked. So um, you cannot take methylene, methylene blue or methylene blue, however you want to say it. You can't take it if you're pregnant. And and the, the bottom line here is the takeaway point is finger up. I always say this when I'm at lectures. When I put my finger up, you know, I'm making a point that you need to remember. Most pregnancies are unplanned. You do not know you're pregnant until you're already pregnant. So if if ovulation is mid-cycle and fertilization occurs within 12 hours of that egg being uh, released, you're already pregnant before you know about it. And that is already growing. So you should not be doing methylene blue unless you've done a pregnancy test. And you should be abstaining from intercourse because no contraception is 100% other than looking at him and smiling and blowing him a kiss. That will not get you pregnant. <laughs> well, yeah. here, here's the thing. Let's wrap up the show. I've got some some articles I've got to get started on to get one, my day one more little bit I'm gonna, to I'm, That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the last word here, so make it count. <laughs> um, methylene blue should never, ever be um, from industrial. It should always be pharmaceutical grade because... It's never, ever free of contamination. It always has contamination in it. And at higher doses, over 0.1 uh, to uh, 4 milligrams, you're going to start getting a lot more contamination. And the higher doses has a negative effect on your mitochondria. Your mitochondria is the powerhouse in your cell that makes the energy. So try and stick to that. It's a milligram per kilogram intravenously over 30 minutes in in pediatrics so methylene blue it cannot bind oxygen which is quite interesting i'm going to leave you with one bit methylene blue at lower doses will treat but at higher doses it won't pharmaceutical grade um has has even has the following contamination contaminants in it even pharmaceutical grade it has arsenic aluminium mercury lead cadmium they're neurotoxins so that's why you must never go over 
that 0.1 to 5 milligrams maximum, but all of the studies stay to say stay say to stay at the four milligrams. So I'm going to cover the dosages of this on the next show because you can take it sublingual. And industrial and chemical grade methylene blue contain between eight and 11% contaminants. That's quite a lot. But let me just go back to this bit because this is what I found fascinating. If methylene blue cannot bind oxygen and it's also fires up the mitochondria, what does their 60 gigahertz and up do? Their 5G. It stops the hemoglobin from binding to oxygen. What is hemoglobin? It is the oxygen carrying capacity on your erythrocytes, your red blood cells, which are biconcave discs to increase the surface area to bind the oxygen, which you breathe in. So what does that do? It stops that. And also what does glyphosate do? It unfolds your hemoglobin. So we know that glyphosate, fluoride, aluminium, and EMF, 2.45 gigahertz to 5.8, which is your Wi-Fi, all of those things together are a little cluster bomb and will sully what the Lord has created. They're going to make the, the aluminium and the glyphosate make six new compounds that then go through the blood-brain barrier because you're Wi-Fi and they begin to calcify with the fluoride, your pineal gland. Do you see what they are all done together? This is why practicing eugenics with the third Reich, Herman Pichuan, this is why it's all linked. So methylene blue if it doesn't bind oxygen and you've got somebody that's had these bioengineering depop shots and you're now trying to undo all of the mitigating factors, methylene blue is going to be something that you may want to add to your armory. Absolutely. With your chlorine dioxide, with your high dose vitamin C, because that's an antioxidant. Um, so watch this space because I am actually talking to Dr. Jafito. I know he watches the show. He's an amazing man and he's involved with all the midwives down in Guatemala and has been instrumental in making sure those midwives get education. Him personally as well. What a good man. But he's a doctor of nutrition and he sent me a wonderful video to learn from a guy that knows everything who's gone through the history. And that's where I'm taking all the notes from. So, uh, you're going to learn so much about this because it's something you should have in the house and you don't necessarily, although you, you won't have access to intravenous, you will have access to doing it sublingually under the tongue. Real quickly, some people have asked, where do you get this methylene blue? Uh, you can get it everywhere. You could go on Amazon and buy it. Oh. Um, Nelly's, uh, sorry, Nelly the dog's uh, just said to me, Get off there. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you just use an American accent with that? I did, because they'd be listening to you. And if dogs could talk, they'd be out there. I just wanna I just wanna uh show you because he's having such a hard day, not Dave. Yeah? Yeah, I can't play his music today. Something's going on with the with there was an update and so it's kind of messed Dave. up. Dave. Dave's uh, uh with you know, Kate's Dave, hair all uh, in the way. Let me tell oh my my hair's in the way. <laughs> there there he is. Uh you know what? Oh, oh there's Lulu Lulu, his sister's got her tongue out. Lulu. <laughs> she says I let just me tell let me tell you there. let me tell you, Tim. I sent you the picture of Dave doing a pee in my middle sink. 
And the trolls came out and said, oh, look, you know, about how, because my cat does a pee in the middle sink. So, you know, they were posting it everywhere. Um, I'd just like to tell the trolls, Dave has just exceeded himself this week. Uh, he's peed on my Crocs. He's peed up my storage jars next to my bread maker that I store <laughs> the stuff that I make the bread in. Um, he's peed up the wall. This morning, I threw some boxes out my garage from my food store where I'm bringing stuff forward. And that was just too tempting for him. He did a big, great big pee up those. <laughs> Uh, I actually wonder if I if I ring him out, will that get rid of the pee problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but it is quite hilarious. And uh, boy, I, I I don't know. I guess if you go to Kate's house to eat, you she serves you good food. You've got to be careful though about oh, the cat hairs. yeah. <laughs> Well, you there. know what? I, I, my my <laughs> anyone who knows me's been in my house knows you know it's clean, but. We should be living amongst our animals in in fact in in areas where people live among their animals and they don't have eczema and asthma mm. where do you get eczema and asthma you get it in where you've got all these antibacterial sprays where you're a fanatical putting your hand sanitizer on where you're vaccinating your kids that's where you get mm. and when you start eating all this hybridized wheat and all this this absolute bastardized food bastardized science bastardized um what do you call it gender yeah that's a good one that'll offend yep, everybody bastardized gender yeah that's exactly what it is yeah um you know this is where it's just I'm, I'm going out shortly to um feed my mind body and soul with a big walk on the forest and please do catch me tomorrow on tnt 11 o'clock gmt my inaugural show that's going to be six in the morning for you guys on the east coast yeah and tim i have a microphone i have a stand i have the earphones <laughs> but i haven't put any of it together yet i uh -oh. don't I haven't got clue what i'm doing you're I've gonna have to postpone the walk I've, I've had a i've ordered myself a sign a neon sign that says live on air <laughs> just because i thought yeah, why? I mean, it's not even on camera yet. Are we gonna Are we gonna get to see that next week? Is that Is that the setup? Uh, uh, nice. The sign, hopefully, yeah. But you know, it's not on camera yet on TNT. But they are working towards that. But I'm opening the show tomorrow. Um, I'm I'm going to be talking medical crimes in tyrannical times, and I'm going to be starting with several examples of eugenics that you might not know about to kick it off. Then I'm going to bring in, be bringing on Stuart Wilkie, researcher. Which we, we still to have to have on the show here. Yeah, he and we're going to be talking about anybody who's on Twitter or on my Facebook account or on my Telegram account. I've, even, I've got an Instagram account, folks. <laughs> Get on there. I've opened an Instagram account. Um, but, you know, what I'm... Um, what I'm going to be putting on there is we're talking about the videos I did last week. Did you see them, Tim? I did videos about Yes, I put up I put up at least one of them, I know, on my channel. Yeah, we are the way we are looking like our population is growing. Our population is not growing. Um, we should be on average 8,000 a week dying. We were at 20,000 a week. Wow. According to the Office of National Statistics, it was 20,000 and no one's covering it. We've just had the biggest spike of deaths that matched those deaths in 2000, August 2020. Incredible. We've just matched it. No one's covering it in the press. Do you know why? Because the non-EU immigrants they're using to prop up 10 million 
of our population. So it looks like our population's not going down. Hmm. It's going down. It's massively going down. And Carrie Madej told me they're doing exactly the same in the US. Yep. Yep. I talked with her the other day about that. Kate, hang on and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at three. Have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day. Get with the people of God. Read the word of God. Pray. Be hospitable. Spur one another on to love and good works as the scripture tells us to do. And then Lord willing, we're going to be back with you Monday morning, 6 a.m. bright and early. Talk to you then. See ya.